Well, Welcome to Ben and Max's Guide to Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Max. In this episode, we are bringing you our guide to drag queens. Max has been interested in drag queens for so long and loves to watch them on TV. That's right. I've loved watching them on Britain's Got Talent, RuPaul's Drag Race, and I like watching their videos on YouTube, especially their tutorials. A drag queen is an absolutely fabulous person. Essentially, it is a man dressing up in women's clothing or a woman dressing up in men's clothing. But they have the most amazing outfits and their makeup's like art. These queens are the best kind of performers. They are funny with their comedy routines. They are the most fun with singing, lip syncing. Plus, they're a bit naughty and cheeky, but most of all, they'll give you the best night of entertainment with their shows. Historically, the original drag artistry started back in ancient Greece. Back then, women were banned from participating in plays and performances. It was like that across the world, even in the UK. So King Charles II lifted the ban. But even though men didn't have to play women anymore, some insisted on doing so. That's when drag was born. Fast forward to 2020. Drag is really popular and thanks shows like RuPaul's Drag Race, queens are now reaching global audiences in their millions. Drag queens are the face of pride all around the world. Pride is so important because it works to demolish the hate towards the LGBTQ plus communities around the world. We can't believe the issues that this wonderful community still faces. The prejudice and hatred towards the LGBTQ plus community is based on an old-fashioned and outdated views, arguably from religion and general fear of the unknown. But Pride celebrates this community. It struggles more, and importantly, its achievements in breaking down the stigma and ignorance. Until the 27th of July 1967, being gay was illegal in the UK. We don't think that who you want to be with should make any difference on what you can achieve, but unfortunately this wasn't the case before then. One person in particular whose intelligence paved the way for computers and ultimately the internet had to make a difficult decision to avoid public shaming in prison. His name was Alan Turing. Alan Turing is an iconic figure in the computing world. He helped decrypt German codes which hid military plans in the Second World War. Plus, he created the first ever automatic computing engine and then went on to use his theory of a universal Turing machine to heavily influence the first ever Manchester computer project. But, unfortunately, his sexuality was found out and he was arrested and faced a lengthy prison sentence and public shame. This resulted in him lacing an apple with cyanide and killing himself. That's why Apple used a logo of an apple with a bite missing. It's also why they have brand Apple. We think it's a fantastic tribute to an incredibly clever man. Without him, we won't be able to do this now and you won't be able to listen to us. We lost one of our country's greatest minds due to the prejudice against the LGBTQ plus community and deconstructing that ignorance, which unfortunately still happens today around the world. That is one of the many reasons why Pride exists today. As we said before, drag queens are the face of Pride and we have interviewed two of our favourites. First up we have Danny Beard. He is an amazing queen who caught Simon Cowell's eye on Britain's Got Talent. He made it to the semi-final on there. He has an amazing singing voice that makes audiences' mouths drop and his energy is immense. I'm Danny Beard. And Danny, do you have a day job or is this what you do full time? This is what I do full time. I feel a little bit out of my comfort zone. That's all right. You don't feel like that. I think the royal family are ready for an act like this. <laughs> Danny, your voice is so powerful. I think you're fabulous. I think your beard is incredible. The oh. fact that that takes you two hours, you should be applauded for that alone. <laughs> I think your voice is absolutely incredible. You sound classically trained. It was amazing. It's Danny Beard. 
Hi boys, how are you doing? Hi, Hi Danny, I'm doing good. Thank you for inviting me on here. This is exciting. Thank you for coming It on. is exciting indeed. Go on then, hit me with what you've got. Okay, uh, like... I'm excited. What is it like, maybe like being a drag queen in like the industry right now? Is it hard because of lockdown and coronavirus? Or are you just getting on fine? It's it's really hard because of lockdown and coronavirus. A lot of all of our live work has been cancelled. So a big portion of what I do is I tour lots of different uh, clubs, events, pride events, private functions like weddings and parties. Um, I fly to like Spain and do special gigs in Spain. All of that has become nothing. So it's not just no work, it's no money. So I've gone from having quite a cool, viable job that means I get to meet lots of people, travel the world, well, travel around the UK mainly, to sitting at home a lot and watering my plants, as you can see. <laughs> so, question two. Was it good being on Britain's Got Talent? Because I watched yes. it and you were Did amazing. You... Oh, thank you. Did you enjoy it? It was, it yes, was, it was fun. How would you do such good bid? I'd probably like some tips when I grow up. Right, well, I'll, I'll answer that secondly, and I'll answer your first question first. So Britain's Got Talent was so much fun in terms of um, learning things. So I got to work properly for the first time in front of TV cameras. Um, a lot of the backstage and a lot of the preamble stuff, so a lot of the preparation. I got to work with amazing, amazing vocal coaches that like are the same vocal coaches like Amy Winehouse, Little Mix, One Direction that they work with. So I learned lots of tips and tricks um, like that. And also it gave me such a good platform. Like before it, I was working mainly locally in Manchester and maybe a few clubs in London. Uh, and it really just took what I did, show, show Danny Beard, show the weird drag that I do to the world and it got me more money and more bookings if I'm honest lads and that's what that's what it's all about isn't it well when I was watching the clip on YouTube it looked like Stabnum was about to go total rubbish but then he's like I, oh my god I thought like, he was wow. going to do that too Max um I think you've got to be you've got to know what you do you've got to have belief in yourself you've got to hey. know okay that yeah, this you've got to know what my product is. So as as a drag act, um, doing drag is my business. So I know my product is good, and I have to just go and think. Whatever happens, I'm good enough. And I don't know if I'd have the same nerve now that I did when I was 22. I think there's something in being young and going into it with your eyes wide open. But um, to answer your question about the beard, I think it gets better over time. I very quickly just shaved for you guys on this um, on this Zoom, and I've taken a big chunk out of it there. So it's just a work in progress, mate. You've just got to do do what you can yeah. do in the time you've got. How long does like the makeup take? And also, do you maybe get like a bit of criticism because like the beard aspect of your character? Yeah. So the makeup. The makeup takes as long as I've got plus 15 minutes. I'm always, always running behind. It takes about two hours normally. Um, but I can do it in an hour, push, come to shove. And ideally, if I've got, if I've given three hours, we can create some magic. Um, do I get criticism for the beard? Yes, I think 
Um, RuPaul's Drag Race is an amazing show that has brought drag to so many people that would never have necessarily maybe seen drag. Uh, the same as my appearance on Britain's Got Talent brought what I did to a new audience. Um, obviously, with everything, there's a bit of negativity. So people see one kind of drag queen, which is on RuPaul's Drag Race, and presume that all drag should look like that. But the reality is drag can be so much more than that. And it can be, it can be bio queens, which is like real girls who dress up in drag with big wigs, or it can be drag kings, which is um, usually females that dress up in male clothing, or it can be things like Tranimal, which is where people go and they dress like crazy creatures and like really it can go anything from like vampires to like made up mythical things so there's loads of different kinds of drag that aren't shown on those tv shows that are still i think just as valid and i think just as cool depending on what you're into like the ones so, on yeah. the shows are like stereotypes of what everyone should be like really a, a little bit a little bit which is fine um because it's the first step to everything just becoming a little bit more normal, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. And I think for me, I think my kind of drag is a little bit on the outside of what the normal drag is. And I think when I was growing up, I I never really fit in. Um, I'm gay, so I never really fit in in school. I got picked on a little bit in school and I always felt like an outsider. So I think a lot of people see my kind of drag and then maybe they can relate themselves to that. What was your family's reaction when they found out you were a drag queen or you were becoming a drag queen? Uh, so I was actually really scared to tell them for some reason. This is a great question, by the way. I never get asked questions like this, so well done. Did um, you think that they'd be angry at you because of it? Yeah, I thought my dad wasn't going to accept it for some reason, even though he already knew I was gay and accepted that. I just felt like maybe it was a step too far or maybe it was, I don't know what I was scared of. It was the unknown, I suppose, but um, they loved it. They were like, oh, brilliant. And that was it. It wasn't an issue. It was like, oh, brilliant. Let me see. And then my mum was like, oh, I don't like those shoes. And you know, it was just, it was so normal and not a problem. Um, and that was quite a few years before Britain's Got Talent. So I think things just developed and grew from there, um, really. So I was scared, but I didn't have any need to be. Who is like your drag inspiration and why? Okay, I've got a few drag inspirations. Um, one of them you may not know. He's a guy from the 80s. He's called Lee Bowery. And oh, he was. Have you heard of him or are you going to have a look? No, I haven't heard of him. You'll have to have a little Google. He looks really cool. He's from the 80s and he used to go around with lots of other people kind of dressed a bit weird and they were known as club kids and they used to go out to all the clubs and they dress really cool. And, and there's pop stars in the 80s like Boy George hung around with him probably well before your time. Uh, but I also like people like Bianca Del Rio. Um, do you know who Bianca Del Rio is? Uh, no, I haven't heard of her but we'll google her after she's from drag race in america she's one of the biggest stars from there and um she's known as an insult comic so that's what i try and sometimes emulate in my show is 
taking the mick out of the bring, audience. Like, your comedy and your like drag into one performance sometimes. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I'm a custom in, question. I'm inspired. <laughs> yes, you can you can ask whatever you want, mate. Um, so yeah, I like the look is mainly inspired by people like Lee Bowery, and then a lot of what goes into my act is inspired by people like Bianca Del Rio, Lily Savage, and then singers as well, like Adele and Freddie Mercury, because I do a lot of singing in my show. And the que- and the custom question was, do you remember what age you had the idea of becoming of wanting to become a drag queen with the makeup? No, when I was, how old are you? I'm nine now. Nine. I think when I was younger than you, I, oh, I've got lilies on my top, how annoying. I, when I was younger than you, I um, used to put my mum's shoes on and, and dance around in the living room and have a joke. And I think in that sense, I always like showing off. And I always liked the idea of playing around with clothes. Uh, but the first time I really had an idea of doing drag um, was maybe about 16, 17. And I started playing around with bits of makeup and stuff like that. And then I was really naughty. And when I was 17, I snuck out and went to Liverpool Pride and stayed out all night and went into clubs when I wasn't really allowed to. So that's what I did. So, like, how did you, like, actually start, like, becoming who you are today, really, like, in, like, drags? Like, where did you start, in a way? So I started just kind of doing it as, like, a bit of a hobby or something to do, dressing up as a laugh with my friends, and we'd dress up as characters. There used to be a TV show years ago called Absolutely Fabulous, and me and my friend would dress up as the characters from that, Eddie and Patsy, and go out and have a laugh. And then... When I moved to university in Manchester, um, I did the whole student thing of trying to get a job in a bar and the money was rubbish. And then one of the DJs left and I became a DJ, just kind of dressed like I am now, just normal Daniel. And I remember seeing the drag queen's money on the side and I was like, whose is that? And they told me. And I was like, well, they're on nearly double what I'm on. And I just asked the question, the, the, the bar manager at the time, she said, well, if you come in and drag, then I'll pay you more. And that was it. I thought, you know what? I'm going to take this bull by the horns and I'm going to do it. And I just came in dressed up really sillily, put all glitter all over my face. I had a turban on and a fair coat and I got the money. And then it just started from there and people kind of liked it and kept asking me what my drag name was, what's your drag name, what's your drag name? And I didn't really have a drag name. Um, my name's Daniel, people called me Danny, and I had a beard, and that's just as simple as it is. I wish it was a bit more of an exciting story, but Danny mm. with the beard just kind of took off, and I DJed all over Manchester. And then I started hosting things, because I was a little bit funny sometimes, and it went from there, really. I entered a drag competition in London, and then I won it, and then I now tore my own show all over. So that's the that's the story in a nutshell. What would you advise to give to a young aspirant drag queen? Would you have tips or advice for them if they go, if they want to become someone like you? Yeah, I think the main thing is to have fun. I think if you're young, and for me now, it's a job. 
And with every job comes stresses and things that can sometimes make it not fun. But ultimately, it's still got to be fun. And I think ultimately, if you enjoy it, it's a way to express yourself that, you know, some people might draw pictures and express themselves or some people might make art or sing songs to, to express themselves. But I think for me, I, I express myself with my clothing and, you know, the company that I kept, so to speak. Um, so my biggest bit of advice would be have fun and just enjoy it and, and find a way that, you're comfortable doing it just because you see all the drag queens with big long nails and big wigs doesn't mean you have to do it. I think the more that you look around and learn about different styles and different types of drag, the more you find what you enjoy and what expresses yourself through that art form. How do you think the attitude towards drag has changed? I think when I started drag, people didn't want to do drag to become famous. It wasn't really a thing. And, you know, it was a, still a little bit underground. It was still a little bit kept to the, to the um, gay spaces, to the queer spaces. And it wasn't mainstream like it is now. I think there's a lot of younger people now that watch Drag Race and think, I want to become a famous drag queen. That was, that was never it when I started. I did drag because it was fun and it was a way of expressing myself. So I think in that respect, it's changed. It's just like people want to be famous actors or famous sports stars. People now want to be famous drag queens. Um, so it's changed like that. But I also think it's become a little bit more normalised. So we get to see drag on one of my good friends, do you know, Bag of Chips? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's <gasps> been on Chips Drag Race. Well, yeah, and now after Drag Race, she's done Celebrity Karaoke Club and Master Chef and Cheryl's uh, Cheryl Holes on Celebs on the Farm, and you know we've got we get to see more drag on television, which which says to me that the attitudes towards drag are changing. And um, final question: Who are your biggest supporters? I think my biggest supporters are the people who are really close to me that really know Daniel, the person behind Danny. Um, and that is my fiance, Joe. And he's my like number one supporter. He's there carrying my bags to gigs and just giving me a once over, you know, making sure I've got no bits on my costume before stage. And then other than that, I think it's my mum and dad who've always been really open and honest. And, and I was never afraid to come out to them really and they've just been a big support so it's all the people closer to me closest to me and then I suppose after that if you want a list is is the people that come to my shows and like regulars and I suppose you'd call them fans but just as a normal person I feel a bit weird calling them fans but I suppose it's the fans that you gain because without them we wouldn't be in a job so they're the key people that keep me going you know yeah without people that want that want you to come to become someone and just they like what you do and they support yeah. you because you're the fans but yeah. of course with loads of fans of course they'll have to let you in because if you because if you're doing a gig the people who are organizing the gig like getting the tickets will make quite a bit of money well i think they do actually yeah i think you're right make more money than I make think 
how relevant would you say proud pride is now i would say it is relevant now as just as much as it's ever been we're very lucky in some respects that we are all living in the uk and that we aren't punished for being uh, gay or bisexual or lesbian or transgender but still everyone's rights still aren't equal across the world and i think until until that's the case there's still a fight to fight and there's still a protest to be had um and i think it's about being seen and it's about showing young people that if you are a bit different then that's okay and you should have pride in that and i think whether that's from a heterosexual point of view or not from an lgbtq point of view you know at some point growing up we all feel a little bit like an outsider so if we can just take pride in who we are i think the message is quite strong thank you for coming on it's no, actually thank been, you for doing it it's actually been such a pleasure to have this chat with you <laughs> thank you guys listen i hope this is a massive massive success and please 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 don't forget to tag me and stuff and i will share this on my socials for you guys because this and is it, a really cool project for people who are your age thank you boys huge thanks to danny beard for coming on the show check him out on social media at the danny beard last but not least we have davina the gamp who has been on various tv shows like rupaul's drag race and she came second place all together now is another show she's been on. Wherever she goes, she takes the sass singing and craziness with her. You won't see her sashay away anytime soon. My sort of route into drag was really academic. So I, I had been reading lots about um, gender and how it's a social construct and all of that stuff. And then my boyfriend at the time, uh, who's now my husband, he was running a nightclub and said, look, you should, you should try doing some drag. Um, and that was basically the way that I got started was uh, because of him. That's quite, quite cool. <laughs> yeah, because normally it's the other way around. If you have a, a partner, they usually say, please don't do drag. Don't do that. <laughs> Whereas mine was like, come on, get dressed up and go and sing some songs and try and make some money. <laughs> How did you get where you are today? Did you head to like events and all that and then did people start to know it's you and like and like it well i um i mean the very beginning was going to university so i I'd, I'd gone to university and then i did a bit of drag at university as part of my performance degree and then after that it was just lots and lots of really hard work long hours free work all the time go and sing songs for these people go and kick your legs around um and most importantly be nice to people that was the thing that was you know for me really important was uh, making sure that i was nice to the people who were uh, either giving me the chance to perform or employing me it's more important when you're they're paying you money <laughs> <laughs> Also, I have to say something. We interviewed Danny Bird and he said, I suggest you turn down the audio because the laugh is quite loud. <laughs> well, wrong. <laughs> oh, my, my headphone fell out. 
so where did you start really because I, I mean you said that you were doing like performances at uni like but where did you like where was your like first maybe like paid work for instance like where was it my first what I would kind of class as my first gig was in Better Decoyed, which is in North Wales. It's this tiny little mining village. Um, and the, the, it was in the village hall at Better Decoyed. And I was singing um, some German leader. Uh, it's a, a tune called Wiedmung and it's... Uh, um, that sounds the, like an opera. Yeah, exactly. It's that's exactly it's classical music, and the pianist hadn't seen the music beforehand. It's really hard, really, really hard. And she was like, "Oh, this is." Um, I don't know that I can play this that well. And I was like, "Okay, listen, we're going to do it this way. We're going to pretend that I'm like a big international diva, and then you're my stooge pianist who can't play the music." So don't worry if you play stuff wrong on it. We'll make it into a thing, you know, as like as if it's an act that I'm I'm this great, incredible uh, international performer, and you are a terrible pianist. Um, so that was that was my first proper gig in Betsy Coyd. That's quite cool. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> What was your family's reaction when they found out you started to wear makeup and dresses? Um, I mean, I'd always been dressing up as a kid, so it wasn't that much of a shock that I then ended up doing it for a job. Um, but I do remember the first time that my mum saw me in drag, that was particularly weird. Mm -hmm. um, it was my stepdad's son's girlfriend or wife, maybe it's his wife Claire anyway it was her birthday party and she'd asked me to go and sing and it was a 1940s theme so I was mm -hmm. singing things like um boogie woogie bugle boy and uh, don't sit under the apple tree with anyone else but me which is like a 40s tune um so I was singing loads of stuff like that and my mum was there and then after I finished doing my act and sometimes I'm a bit rude. You shouldn't be rude like me, but sometimes I'm a bit rude. And afterwards, uh, she was talking to me like it was just completely normal, telling me about how her washing machine had exploded and flooded the whole of the downstairs of the house. And I'm stood there in blonde wig and white, like, sailor suit. And I just had that moment of, this is really weird. And awkward. And she wasn't weird about it, but I was weird. Like, I was like, this is so bizarre. This is weird. Um, so that was like the first time that my mum saw me in drag properly. Uh, like, um, who's your like inspiration that made, made, made you start drag? And who is it now, really, that you, you look up to? Um, there's loads of people who have been sort of inspirational to me and most of them actually have been women rather than other drag queens um so people like kate bush tori amos um my singing teacher at school um she was and is just one of the most extraordinary women i've ever met in my entire life and really um uh she's really inspiring um so most of the most of the people who have been my kind of uh, inspirations have been uh, women. In terms of other drag queens, um, Danny Larue 
is a, a big inspiration to me because he was one of the very first drag queens to just uh, break out of the, the club scene. And he was doing massive theatres and touring the world, touring America and Australia and all of Europe um, and was earning more money per gig than per show than anybody else in the entire world. Um, yeah, really an extraordinary character, Danny LaRue. See, so you were just like, oh, I want, I want to do that now. Um, more, it was more to do with, uh, I'd always wanted to perform. I'd always wanted to perform. But uh, I'd wanted to do musicals originally, but the, the roles that I could have taken were very limited because I'm quite small. I've got a very girly face. I sound like this. You know, I'm not going to be in Les Mis or I'm not going to be the Phantom in Phantom of the Opera. That's probably not going to happen for me. So you have to kind of make decisions about what it is that you've got and how you can make that work, which is part of how I ended up doing drag in the first place. Um, but I really liked Danny LaRue's attitude to drag, that you create this image of being a gorgeous, glamorous creature and then you smash it up and you turn it all into a joke and make, you, then the audience are in in with you. You know, it's all, we're all in on the joke. Uh, what was it like being on Drag Race? Crazy. I think it was RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, you are correct. It was crazy, really, really crazy. The days are incredibly long and there is so much to do every single minute of the day. You know, you never have a moment where you can just go, Oh, I can just relax now and sit down. That's fine. There's never that moment. You're always working, always, always doing something. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Hard work. And and you made maybe like a few drag friends there as well, though. Oh, like, absolutely. Um, bag of chips. Absolutely. Yeah, I am. I feel incredibly lucky to have been on that series with those, with that cast, because they were all just so lovely. And we're all still in, you know, group messages, messaging each other all the time. Oh, everyone from the show are just a few of you. Oh, all of us, all of us are in the message together. Chat, 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 chat. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's the one that's like, sends the most? Blue and I talk to each other a lot. I talk to Blue a lot. Um, and Cheryl and Bagger. I talk to those three probably the most out of everyone. But I, I get along with everybody out of the cast. They're all great. Okay. Here's another question. Who do you want to perform with the most? Ooh! Who do I want to perform with the most? I don't know. I mean, I like perform. I just like performing with other people. I genuinely, really enjoy performing with other people. Um, so, I, on the show, I was really lucky to get to work with Blue Hydrangea and Bag of Chips for the girl group challenge. Um, and uh, I'd like to, I'd like to do some more performing with them. Weren't you and Bag of Chips and another another drag queen's name I can't remember fighting over Sher and Dolly? Ah, yes, with the Vivian. We did do an interview where, well, I mean, Cher, Cher is uh, Vivian's idol. So, you know, Vivian really, really loves Cher. Um, and Bag of Chips uh, was agreeing with her that Cher is the best out of the two. I don't, 
I don't think that there is a best really out of the two, but Dolly writes all of her own music. Um, and that that's probably what pipped it for me that I think I prefer Dolly in some ways. And she's really sweet and kind is uh, Dolly. Uh, whereas Cher can sometimes be a bit mean to people. <laughs> uh, what's it like being on like loaded like um, TV shows like um, All of Us, I think it was. Is it exciting or maybe just nervous? Amazing. It was a brilliant experience. And I wasn't, uh, unlike on RuPaul's Drag Race, where I was nervous all the time, on Altogether Now, I wasn't nervous at all. At all. Because I wasn't being judged. I was doing the judging. (laughs) So at that point, you're like, well, it doesn't matter what I do, does it? It's about them. So all I have to do is uh, watch what they're doing and think about, how I feel about that. What is it that I think about what they they did? And then all I have to do is say that. So um, for me, All Together Now was a brilliant experience. And I got to meet, I, I've literally just finished a call with um, Kiki DeVille, who was also on the, the judging panel. Um, and I, you know, I still keep in contact with lots and lots of the people of that show. Out of everyone on that show, who would you say is maybe like, um maybe the moodiest or like maybe the tightest like who wouldn't get up for anything we were thinking Paulus because he wouldn't get up for anything oh yeah Yeah. once once someone got 99 and Paulus was the only one sat down being grouch yeah stand up Paulus has a very uh strict uh set of criteria you know, to get him to stand up. He had a real clear criteria about what it was that he wanted from the person on stage, which I think if you go in like that, then that's fine. I I did it a different way, whereas I was judging what they were putting on stage in the framework of, are they doing a jazz song? Are they doing it in a jazz style? Are they delivering it that way? Are they, you know, how are they portraying it? Are they selling the song? but he had a very different set of criteria. And, and that, that meant that he, if, if you weren't fulfilling that criteria for him, he just wouldn't stand up. He wasn't so probably, looking at it from like maybe if it's good for that genre, if it was just only if it floats his boat. Yeah, well, that was the thing. It wasn't that, it wasn't whether he liked it or not. It was about whether it fulfilled the criteria that he had, you know, so were they, um, were they telling a story through the song? Were they uh, using the melody in a, a manner that was appropriate for the song? You know, it was about, is what they're doing appropriate to what, what the song actually is? Um, and, and so if it, it did, if it didn't fulfill those criteria for him, he, he just wouldn't stand up. <laughs> I got a reputation for being a misery. <laughs> Would you ever um, do I'm a Celeb? Of course! I would love to do I'm a Celebrity, but maybe not in Wales because I don't like the cold or the wet. (laughs) I'd be very miserable in Wales, I think. Not because I don't like Wales, I do. I lived in Wales for a long time um, and I love Wales, but I wouldn't like to be outside (laughs) in the cold (laughs) and the wet. (laughs) But the, the other shows that I've done... Uh, this year, I've been on a couple of news shows. I did uh, Daily Politics, so a politics show. 
I have also done Lorraine. So I've done some morning TV as well. Um, I've done uh, some comedy stuff with uh, nine out of 10 cats does countdown. Um, is there anything else that I've done? I've got a Christmas special coming out, which is very silly. That's going to be on Fruit TV. Um, so a streaming service. Is that a different? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I haven't heard of it. <laughs> oh, would you ever maybe do like modeling for anyone? I actually have already done a bit of modeling for Jean-Paul Gaultier this year. I mean, I don't know how that happened, but it did. And uh, I had a lovely time. They, they were really, really, they were great to work with. The people were great to work with. Yeah. Do you have any advice for like maybe a young aspiring drag queen? Don't do it. <laughs> There's no work for you. I've got all the gigs already. Mm. Don't bother. That's a question of the list. <laughs> now, if you want to do it, go for it. But know that it costs money. It costs a lot of money to do drag. That's that's the one thing that I would say is, you know, and it, you'll look awful at the beginning. And don't worry about that. Enjoy it. Have fun. Do you have any makeup tips for anyone? Oh, you don't want to ask makeup tips from me. I mean, my makeup tip for me would be get somebody else to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we watched we watched you do one one of your makeup tutorials. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, and you got like a bit of a black oh. on on the on the white and kind of purpley pink around there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you see what I mean? Get somebody else to do it. Yeah, love it on the break. How you literally do. He said, not done yet. You picked nurse and said, now we're done. <laughs> done. <laughs> <laughs> on average, how much like have you spent on like makeups and, and um, outfits? Too I, much. Yes. Way, way, way too much. Every penny that I've earned has gone straight back into drag for the past 15 years. So all, all my spare money uh, has all gone straight back into drag for as long as I've been doing it. So for 15 years, all of my money has just gone back into drag. And if I counted up all the money that I've spent over that time, I would cry. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be very upset. <laughs> so I don't even want to think about it. So another one is, how long do you think usual not putting on like loads and loads of makeup, but how much do you think it, how long it takes on average? Usually for me, well, I mean, before when I was younger, when I had a, a younger face, it's easier to paint your face when you're younger. You don't need to spend so much time on it. So before I could just do it in an hour. And also uh, I don't want to spend too much time doing it because You've got to warm up your voice, you've got to warm up your body, then you've got to put your face on. You know, by the time you end up on stage, you've already done eight hours of work. Um, but usually it takes me about two hours to get completely ready. So the makeup, the costume, the wig, and then if I'm going to put nails on, which I didn't today, sorry, fellas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to put nails on, it's usually about two hours. That's a very long time. Yeah. 
Oh, would you like to see maybe more like drag queens doing like catwalks or something like that? Absolutely. I'd like to see more drag queens everywhere doing anything and everything because then it would mean that maybe I'd get some more work. And they, ta <laughs> and they take over everywhere. Exactly. Let me in. I want to do it. Let me in. <laughs> uh, do you like maybe going drag? When it's pride, you probably wear your drag and go just celebrate drag and pride. Yeah, I mean... Uh, for me, drag is very much a job. So it's not really yeah. just like a fun dress up time. Exactly. It's not really that for me anymore, mainly because it is a job, you know. So like anything, if you if you love photography, once it becomes your job, it it changes, you know, how how much you like, not how much you like it, but how much time you want to do it. So uh if if I'm not working. I don't really want to be in drag. So I'll take it off um, if I'm not working. But for Pride, I'm in drag almost all of the weekend. Yeah. How relevant do you think Pride is? Still massively relevant. Absolutely. I mean, you just have to look at uh, some of the things that particularly more recently, some of the things that have happened to people. And then you realise actually Pride is still necessarily it is still needed um, and people still need to know that that there is a big community of LGBTQ people out there. Well, thank you for um, coming on. Well, thank you for talking to me, fellow. It's been a brilliant time. I've had a lovely time as well. <laughs> Thanks so much to Davina DeCampo. Davina has released a new album and it's called Red and Silver that you can download right now on your usual places where you'd get music. She also has some epic merch that you can buy on her website at divinadecampo.com. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode and learned that drag queens are absolutely fabulous. You should definitely go watch their live shows. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and don't forget to hit subscribe. For all our episodes, information and more, check out our website at benamaxisguide.co.uk. And don't forget to follow us on social media at benamaxisguide. Thank you. <laughs> you make me laugh, you. Thank you. <laughs>